The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Welcome to Nobody Told Me. I'm Laura Owens. And I'm Jan Black. A lot of us would like to have a healthier, more environmentally friendly lifestyle, but we don't know where to start. We'd like to eliminate hidden toxins in our lives, but the idea of going completely green seems overwhelming. Our guest on this episode, Tanya Harris, can help. Tanya is an award-winning environmental toxin specialist who is board certified in holistic nutrition. And Tanya is the author of the new book, The Slightly Greener Method. Detoxifying your home is easier, faster, and less expensive than you think. Tanya, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. I absolutely love the title of your book, The Slightly Greener Method. I thought, oh, okay, I could do that. It's attainable. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. right, right. It's accessible. Why did you decide to write it? Really because of my experience starting back in 2006 when my son started having attention issues and I, long story short, the school called me in to test him possibly for ADHD. And I don't know if it's my past as a childhood leukemia survivor, but I was always told to be careful what I eat when I was growing up. So I decided to ask for a little more time to go dig in because something in the back of my head saying, well, maybe it's just something contributing to his symptoms. So I went home, I did a ton of research and really what I came away with for a quick way to do this was I realized that artificial colors and things like benzoate preservatives can actually have an effect on behavior and attention issues. So I removed those, went back to the school a couple of weeks later and they no longer saw a need to test him. So I was hooked and I'm not judging anyone who chooses the medication route. We would have gone down that way, but luckily this had enough of an impact on him that we didn't, we definitely didn't cure him, but we lessened the symptoms enough. But then when I really started digging in, I realized, oh, wow, it's not even just what we eat. It's also what we put on our bodies and what we have in our homes that we're breathing in. And I started buying products that I thought were natural and they turned out to be anything but And not only that, I thought I had to go so strong into this and replace everything all at once, but it's really not attainable. We can't do everything. So what I realized is what if I just take some small steps and my immediate concern at the time was attention issues and brain health in children. So I thought, what if I just really concentrated on those things first, those toxins that are related to that and just start there? Instead of the one night my husband came home and I was in front of the sink dumping all my cleaning products into a garbage bag thinking, okay, good, I'm getting these out, but what am I going to replace them with? It's just, it's so much and it just doesn't seem super attainable. So if we can start by making these smaller, more sustainable changes, we're more likely to have success. And then it really became a business for you. It did. <laughs> yeah. I um, I opened uh, an online store back in 2008 because I was buying all these products that turned out to be anything but natural. I didn't realize that terms like natural or even pediatrician recommended or number one dermatologist recommended really don't mean anything. Even sometimes they can put the word organic on there. And unless you know what to look for, it doesn't mean anything. 
So I opened an online store where I really wanted to vet these products. And then I just kind of sold them out of my home, um, just retail. (laughs) And uh, then I realized, but parents were coming to me more and more. So I kind of developed the system after helping my own family and helping other families too. But that's also when I decided to go back to school so I could truly understand how these toxins work in the body. So it's just kind of a natural evolution to a business. I didn't see that coming at first for sure. I have to ask you about these products in our houses because I had no idea that natural and all of that was not necessarily natural. And I'm somebody who loves those plugins with the fragrances. I always mm-hmm. feel like they they make my place seem fresh and clean, but it seems like that's actually the opposite. So I have dogs. How can I attain that really clean, fresh smell that doesn't smell like dogs without going with a plug-in? I love that question so much. I have dogs too. So I'm definitely- You um, get it. <laughs> yeah, I totally get it. Three kids, two dogs. I don't know which one's like. <laughs> Yeah, you want a good yeah. smell. Exactly. So um, the surprising thing real quick first about those plug-in air fresheners and air fresheners in general and candles and anything with fragrance is the term fragrance can be made up of dozens of different chemicals and it's considered to be proprietary or a trade secret. So companies aren't necessarily required to list the individual ingredients. And so many of these chemicals are um, allergenic. They can be toxic to the brain and nervous system which actually explains one study that said that 25%, actually homes that use plug-in air fresheners reported 25% more depression. Um, And then of course it can cause respiratory issues. So many different things we don't know of. So there's a lot of great ways that we can freshen our homes naturally. And one of my favorites is just to use baking soda. And I sprinkle it on my couch. I sprinkle it on my carpets and I just let it sit for a few hours if I can, or if I have company coming over or even a half hour, and then I vacuum it up. And that's something that really absorbs odors really quickly. Is that something that we can just have open in our house? I've had that in my refrigerator before, just having baking soda open. Yes, it does absorb odors. So um, exactly. When you have that open in a smaller area, like a refrigerator, it really is good at bringing those odors or attracting those odors. But when it comes to just having it open in a large room, that's not going to do quite as much. So that's why I recommend either having it open in like a closet or a bathroom. Um, You can also put it in a little mason jar. I have small ones that I just pour baking soda in there. And sometimes I'll add a few drops of essential oils to scent it. And then just once a week, I'll shake that. And that's really good at absorbing odors, but also gives off a little too, if you put a nice smelling essential oil in. One of the other best ways too, is just to keep windows open as often as you can. Another addition you have with baking soda is to keep baking soda and white vinegar on hand. You have so many different uses for that combination. Tell us about that. Oh, I love that combination. It works (laughs) for so many things. If you're trying to actually clean a surface, it's not so great because they kind of cancel each other out. So it's not the best cleaner, but it's a great degreaser. Um, You can use it in your oven. So just sprinkle a thin layer in your oven and then spray white vinegar on top and it'll foam. And then it's really easy to wipe those crumbs out or just get that gunk off. Same thing with a stovetop. You can do the same thing. Layer a little bit over the stains on the stovetop or the grease spots, and then just spray some white vinegar over it and wipe it off. I like to use a microfiber cloth or a paper towel and just wipe it up. And it works so well. I've also used it as a toilet bowl cleaner. That's why I recommend having it in your bathroom. I always keep white vinegar in a baking soda box under my bathroom sink. And then it's a toilet bowl cleaner too. 
I have a question about natural ways, good ways to prevent bugs within the house. I have a big mosquito problem right now (laughs) in my place, and I've thought about spraying something, but it seems like that would be a bad idea. Right. That's a great question, too. Um, This is one that I'm still trying to find, too, but I know like peppermint essential oil. So I'll use a spray. I actually just bought that. Hearing you talk about essential oils inspired me to buy peppermint oil. But then you haven't actually used it. (laughs) But I haven't used it yet, but I'm very excited. (laughs) Oh yeah, it works for so many things. But yeah, I just put a little bit of distilled water in a little sprayer with like, I don't know, about a dozen drops of um, peppermint. And I just kind of spray that around ants too. If ants are a problem, you can use, I'm going to try to say this word. I can usually say it, but diatomaceous earth. (laughs) I've heard Um, of that too. Yes, you can just sprinkle that. And that works really well. And believe it or not, also like a dish soap. It's actually toxic to their nervous system. So sometimes if I have like right now, the flies around us are terrible (laughs) right now. Um, So they get in the house and I'll spray them with um, either a dish soap or a Castile soap. Oh, wow. So it can be something as easy as that. I love the fact that you've come up with a simple way to remember four simple steps to make your home healthier. You've come up with what you call the READ method. What does READ stand for? READ is um, it's R-E-A-D. And it's actually kind of the questions I get asked the most is what can we do in our homes that'll have like the biggest bang for the buck kind of thing. <laughs> um, so I created these four steps because I believe if you follow one of these or all of these that you can really make a big impact. So R stands for replace plastics in the kitchen. And that's because sometimes, well, oftentimes, plastics can contain chemicals such as phthalates and BPA, which I think we've all heard of because they both have made the news. But phthalates were linked to lower IQ in children. Um, BPA is linked to behavior issues in children. And they can both act as endocrine disruptors, which means that um, they can interfere with our hormones. These are synthetic chemicals that can come into the body and either cause hormones to overproduce or underproduce, or they can block or mimic hormones, which can basically cause problems just about in any area of the body. So once you heat plastic, that those chemicals can really leach into the foods or beverages. So I recommend replacing plastic food storage containers and plastic utensils and using a safer option such as glass or stainless steel for food storage and beverages. Um, and then a safer kitchen utensil also. And that way you can cut down on the amount of plastics that the chemicals that you could be exposed to when you put them through the dishwasher or put a hot food in there. And again, it can be kind of scary to look at your Tupperware or your, your plastic food storage containers and think, oh, I have so many. But that's when I really say, like, just look at the ones you use most, those sizes you use most and replace those first. Same okay. thing with reusable water bottles, too. All right. So that's the R for replace plastic around food and beverages. What else in in read? Sure. E is eat organic as often as possible. And that's because, again, some of those pesticides can act as hormone disruptors and they're linked to ADHD in children, some of them. So the good news is that a lot of studies have shown that pesticide levels can dramatically drop in your body after just a few days. And I realize it's not super easy to eat organic strictly for several days or, you know, ever, but the environmental working group has a great site where you can go and look up the dirty dozen and the clean 15. And all organic products are not made the same. And we really need to learn about what's truly organic and good for us. 
Yes, there are different levels of organic, but when it comes to produce, especially um, one of the ways we know that it is organic for sure, because if you're like me and you go to the store, sometimes those apples have fallen into other bins. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> Look at the PLU sticker. That's the one with the barcode and make sure it starts with a number nine. And that's how, you know, pro- produce is organic. I just always keep in the back of my mind. Number nine is fine. So <laughs> <laughs> good to remember. Good to remember. Yep. Okay. Thanks now what, later. what about the rest of Reed? We have replaced plastic around foods and beverages Eat organic and whole foods. What does the A stand for and the D? Okay, A is for avoid artificial fragrance. And again, fragrance is something that's considered to be proprietary. We don't know necessarily what's in there. It can be in our beauty products and cosmetics and our cleaning products. So a lot of times you'll actually see it listed as fragrance, but also as parfum. So I recommend avoiding products that have that in there and look for things that are scented with essential oils. Sometimes you'll see that on the label. Um, But as long as we can avoid artificial fragrance as often as possible through, again, those plug-in air fresheners, candles, regular air fresheners, um, but also, again, looking at our beauty products, too, and cleaning products, which we might not think about. And the D, destroy dust. I had no idea dust could be so bad, and we're in Arizona, so it was a little (laughs) close to home. (laughs) Right, exactly. I know, when I read that, too, I was like, oh, no, no, I've got a dust on top of everything else. (laughs) It's surprisingly, dust is one of the biggest exposures to household chemicals and toxins in our homes. So one of the things we can do is just simply, instead of dusting our entire house every day, because nobody has time for that, is basically just concentrate on the areas where your family spends the most time. So if you have small children doing cleaning their play areas, often a family room, your bedrooms, do those a little more often. If you can do those a couple times a week, at least, if not, like, especially the kids play areas daily, um, just use a HEPA vacuum with a HEPA filter and then dry or damp dust and damp mop. Don't sweep because sweep really just moves the dust around. So if we can just follow those steps, the other good thing is that the more we dust those areas, the dust in our homes really cuts down. And another thing we can do is take our shoes off as soon as we enter the home, because those studies that studied household dust found lead in common household dust. Oh, wow. Something in, we're bringing in off our shoes. They also found things like phthalates, which again, are linked to lower IQ in children and hormone disruption, as well as flame retardant chemicals, which can also be toxic to the brain and nervous system and can also act as endocrine disruptors, among other things. You also point out that houseplants are good for our health. I mean, I, I love to have houseplants around, but tell us more about why they're good for us. Oh, sure. NASA did a study and they found, I think it's 10 is it 10 houseplants, but 10 or 12 houseplants that can actually act as filters for certain chemicals in our homes. So um, if you can have houseplants, and I think in the book I list, or you can look on the website too, that's listed in the book, um, how many houseplants per square foot that can actually help filter some of those chemicals. So if you have new flooring, or if you have just painted, sometimes these plants can be a good option because they can actually filter out some of the harmful chemicals that are in materials like that. I want to talk about food and beverages, specifically beverages, because it hurt me to hear that (laughs) Diet Coke and all these drinks that are diet can actually increase your risk of obesity by 40%. Yes. Oh my God. As as a Diet Coke lover, (laughs) it hurt me. (laughs) Oh, I know. Um, That's one of the surprising things, but 
um, these sweeteners are made and they're so much stronger and sweeter than what we're used to, even with regular table sugar, they can be 400 to 700 times greater. And so when our body tastes that sweetness, it's expecting calories. This is kind of the short version of what really happens. Um, but our body is expecting calories. And so when our body doesn't get those calories, it either causes us to want to overeat, or it can also work with our insulin and open up some of those receptors. So when we do eat, basically we're turning them into fat cells. You say it's actually better a lot of times to just go with the sugar products rather than those that are marketed to be light or diet. That's true. Yeah. So for example, if you have to have a Coke, um, I recommend drinking a Coke rather than a diet Coke Wow. just because of yeah the sweet, the artificial sweeteners that are in there. I also have like a good option to for an alternative to soda, because I mean, I used to drink soda all the time. You know, when you want one, you want one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but if you want a brand name, I have a great product that's a great substitution. Olipop is a great one. And that's one that actually I have their root beer right now, but I've had their vintage cola. They taste exactly like a soda, but it's plant based and also has, um, I think, probiotics and prebiotics in there. Wow. It's just like a soda, but it's a lot healthier. <laughs> so it's a great transition. Another thing is like a soda stream so that you can just you carbonate the water and then you can put lemon and lime and it tastes like a Sprite or put some raspberries in there. And it just tastes like a raspberry flavored soda. Those are two good options to kind of cut that pop craving or soda craving. Now, what should we know about the water we drink? That can be full of all sorts of different chemicals. So First of all, tap water can actually be a little bit more regulated than bottled water, believe it or not. So well, a lot that's of people a surprise. Go it is. I was really surprised too. And I was doing this research that tap water is way more regulated than bottled water. So for instance, you might have some sort of chemical they're testing for, but a bottled water plant only has to do it every so often. Whereas a tap water, like city water, would have to do hundreds of tests per week or per month for this. So one of the first things I recommend is not buying the bottled water um, unless you absolutely have to. And if you do, making sure you don't heat it, like leaving it in a car, because again, those plastic chemicals can leach into the product. And one of the great questions I've had lately too is, well, can we put it in the refrigerator after it's been heated? And the answer really is no, because those chemicals have already leached. So then what are we supposed to do if we're in an area where the tap water is not good? By filters. And this is a big question because there's so many filters that filter out so many different chemicals. So what I recommend doing is, again, going to the Environmental Working Group. They have a great database. I think it's called Tap Water Database. And you can actually enter your zip code and it will tell you what kind of contaminants have been found in your water. And then they have another database, too, where you can go and enter that information and it will tell you what kind of water filter to buy. Oh, great. So, so for instance, like our house, we just put a reverse osmosis on there. Uh-huh. So that's what we're doing right now. And then we have a hydrogen peroxide filter for the rest of the house. I found it really interesting that you say an adult body is different than a child's body in terms of its ability to get rid of toxins. What should we know along those lines? Children are more susceptible to the health effects of toxins than an adult. So we can't really say that children are small adults. So when I talk about the health effects or when we hear the health effects, they do affect adults and children in the same way. For example, an endocrine disruptor will affect an adult the same way it affects a child, but the child is more susceptible. And that's because their detoxification pathways are not as developed as an adult. 
So that means that these toxins can't be detoxified and flushed out of the body quite as quickly as an adult can. So it leaves those toxins in longer to do more damage. Another thing is they take in more air, they eat more food pound for pound. Um, They're more closely tied to their environment. So, you know, they crawl on the floor, they lick their hands, they lick their toys, they lick the dog, um, whatever they do. So (laughs) their skin is thinner too. So they can actually, when we put something on their skin, they can actually get into the bloodstream pretty quickly. So it's especially important for us to protect our kids from a lot of these chemicals and keep them safe because their important body systems are developing. So we just really need to make sure we keep them safe just because they have more years of life ahead of them. And we don't know what these chemicals can do long-term, especially synergistically. There's never been any study on it. So many of the products that are marketed towards kids have artificial coloring in them. And I was really surprised to read about how awful that is for us. Can you explain that a little bit? Sure. Artificial colors. Um, There's something that you'll see on the ingredient list and it will often be a color followed by a number, for instance, red 40 or red number 40. And the top three, red 40, yellow five and yellow six, I think they're, they account for 90% used in foods and beverages. But first of all, they can be contaminated with a cancer causer, a known cancer causer, um, benzene, which is actually linked to blood cancers like leukemia, but they also can cause hyperactivity in children. And they've actually done a study too, that artificial colors when mixed with something like a sodium benzoate can actually cause hyperactivity in children who have never been diagnosed even with ADHD. So there's a couple of reasons there to avoid artificial colors if you can. And actually in the in the European Union, they actually have labels over there when you do have a like a red number 40 or some type of artificial color, there's a warning on the box that says this may cause hyperactivity in children, but we don't have that here. Do things like regular exercise and a healthy diet boost our body's ability to eliminate toxins? Absolutely, because sweating is one of the best ways that we can do it. So if, we, if we're sweating, that's a great way. But exercise, you know, that's absolutely one of the best ways. Keeping up our nutrition and just being as healthy as we can, eating as clean as we can, also helps our detoxification pathways so that we can actually detoxify and flush those chemicals out of the body as quickly as possible. So why do you recommend finding your why? I love that. I really think if we start with our why is really because it keeps us on track for our goals. And when we come into something like detoxifying our home, it can be such a big, overwhelming thing to think about. But if we just start with our why, so for instance, I started with my why was again, hyperactivity and brain health for children. That really helped keep me on track. So when this got hard, I could always remember, okay, but I'm doing it for my kids. The other thing too is it kind of gives you a starting point of what toxins to avoid. So you don't just go into this going, oh my gosh, there's so many. <laughs> so if you can just concentrate on those couple that have to do with your condition or a concern maybe you have, then it helps keep you on track too. But it mainly it's a big reminder and it's where you start. So once I started and just memorized a couple of ingredients, because really another thing it does is it gives us our deal breakers is what I call them. So anytime I went to the store and I saw artificial colors or sodium benzoate on a product or monosodium glutamate, that's my other deal breaker, I knew I could put that product back. So instead of trying to remember all of these names and all of these ingredients, I started out with just a few. And once I had those mastered, then I could go on again. But really what that why does is help you remember why you're doing this for when it gets hard, because it does get a little hard sometimes, 
But the good news is it can also become very automatic very quickly and you start to feel better, which makes these changes become easier and easier as you go on. I was really surprised to find you recommend not using old makeup. Now, what's wrong with that? Oh, sure. Uh, makeup, uh, you know, we've all dug through those purses and found lipstick at the bottom. Both <laughs> of us need to go through this and we're going to have a whole trash bag full. <laughs> I know. It's frustrating. But if you use expired makeup, there can be all sorts of bacteria in there. Um, so it's really important to know when you open that product and how long the shelf life is. And it is a little bit tougher with makeup. So what I recommend doing is taking a Sharpie and keeping it in your bathroom and looking on your products, because sometimes you can look up the lot number and it will tell you the expiration date. But many times you'll just have a little image of a little bottle on the packaging with an open lid and it'll say like a 12 or a six on there. Um, It's really small usually, but that tells you how long the product is good for once you open it. So that's why I recommend keeping a Sharpie up there is if you can mark on that product when you opened it, then you'll ensure that you're not using an expired product. And not only that, there's some chemicals or some toxins that are in some of these products that act as preservatives that can go rancid over time. And for example, there's formaldehyde releasers, which is, I call these a hidden toxin because while they have not added formaldehyde to the product, these formaldehyde releasing preservatives actually release small amounts of formaldehyde into the product. And the longer the product is stored or if it's exposed to heat, the more formaldehyde is released into that product. So we really want to make sure that we're not using these products past their shelf life. Is it better to use something like mineral makeup or what kind should we look for? What I recommend looking for, and I have a bunch of um, safer brands in the back of my book, is I guess ones I, I like to make sure that they're paraben free. They don't use sodium lauryl sulfate. Those are a couple of the big ingredients I recommend looking for. And then just buying a safer brand. And again, I have a lot in the back of my book, but they're easy to find online. The good news is that actually so many companies now are making safer products as more consumers demand them. Tanya, we always ask our guests, what is your nobody told me lesson? So what is it that nobody told you about the benefits of, say, going greener slowly and and that kind of thing that would have made it a lot easier for you? Nobody told me what a big impact it would have long term in our family's health. These toxins, while maybe I didn't feel anything from them or some, you know, not everybody in my family has had any issues where we know that reducing the toxins was going to make us feel better, but they did overall and how much it can affect our sleep and our allergies. And the more that we got rid of these two, so many other things cleared up for us also. So while it's not necessarily the one thing that that helps our health, but I do feel it is like a big missing piece. The surprising thing to me was just how much it was going to affect us overall as a family. And we, you know, thinking clearer, sleeping better, allergies lessening, things like that, that we didn't even know about. But for me, the biggest thing, especially as a childhood cancer survivor is what are we preventing in the future? Wow. The time has just flown by. I'm sure that our listeners are going to want to connect with you and learn more about the book. So how can they do that? Oh, sure. Um, My book is again called The Slightly Greener Method and it's available everywhere books are sold. And what about social media and the internet? How can people connect with you? Sure. My website is slightlygreener.com and on Instagram, I am slightly greener. All right. Great. Well, Tanya, we thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me.
Our sincere thanks to Tanya Harris. And again, her new book is called The Slightly Greener Method. Detoxifying your home is easier, faster, and less expensive than you think. And her website is slightlygreener.com. I'm Jan Black. And I'm Laura Owens. You're listening to Nobody Told Me. Thank you so much for joining us. 